our 13th episode in Leeds, Leeds, Leeds 100th year. Easy does it, and it's a 12-time lucky for Bolton. Got to get lucky sometimes, right? Unless all you want to hear about is Southend getting smashed. In which case, this is your lucky day. This is the Totally Football League show. Right then, our sole ambition with the show was not to mention any managerial changes down Essex way. And then 7-1 happened. So I'm Caroline Barker. My favourite fish is Dover Soul. He's Sam Parkin, who as a striker was used to flying solo. Bad. Also with us, solid as a rock, Adrian Clark. Doesn't quite work. And part of the so solid crew, take her down of Adrian Durham on Twitter. Joe Crilly from William Hill. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that went well. Uh, grade A, Sol Campbell, let's all off at Southend chat on the way then, at the Totally Show on Twitter to be part of it. But TalkSport Drive writes, celebrating the bye is effectively celebrating the death of Berry. Joe responds, he's finished work, he's had a couple of pints, he's acting up. Typical Twitter. Joe, would you like to discuss your Adrian Durham Twitter spat? Well, uh, that was well, it. <laughs> well, usually, usually when, I, when I go on Twitter... I've finished work. I've yeah. had a couple of beers, uh, and I'm playing up. Uh, so I, I just assumed that that was what he was doing, given that he was being so belligerent towards the lowest-ranked team in the FA Cup, celebrating getting through to the second round. So this was Chichester going through, deemed of the bye, the money that they're going to raise. They were the lowest-ranked team in it, as you said. Don't have to play anyone straight into the second round, and and we all applauded you. By we, I mean me and Sam, Adrian. Things they over-celebrated. <laughs> Massively. Why? It's embarrassing, wasn't it? Cringeworthy. No. <laughs> like, just little fist pump. As I said on text here, little fist pump, yes, we've got to buy. But to celebrate like you've just scored the, in the last minute of the Champions League final, just embarrassing. Sorry, Chichester. I, I, <laughs> I, I, no, I don't think it was disrespectful to, to Barry. They are going to give Barry a, a little bit of money off the mm. back of the money that they'll receive for going through. If you get through to the second round and you haven't got to play a game... Mm. It's perfect, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. He's got nothing to do with Barry. No. No. Yeah. no, nothing to do with Barry. I think, yeah, I think the, the prospect of just having one game to get your dream tie is why they got excited. But I think if you add to that the camera mm. and the last balls, you're down to the last four, last three, they probably didn't really know what they were celebrating. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense, you're just getting carried away with the emotion. So it was, it was probably a little bit OTT, but you can understand it. Are you suggesting there's someone behind the camera going... Uh, that no, works well. I reckon there was a warm-up act. I don't I reckon, know. Yeah. I reckon they were fluffed. I reckon. I definitely think they were fluffed and ready for. I reckon they might have had a couple of pints, Joe Crilly style. Yeah, too. Up. <laughs> uh, all right, that's FA Cup done. Unless anyone wants to talk about anything else FA Cup related, no, good. Okay, uh, let's head to stop one of our EFL tour. It's the Championship. Get great offers every day with William Hill. Join today and get £30 in free bets when you bet £10 using the promo code C30. Whether you like great prices, free bets or in-play scoreboards, William Hill has you covered. William Hill is who you play with. Promo code C30. New online customers only. Minimum £10 stake. Win only. Minimum odds 1 to 2. Free bets paid as free £10 bets. 30-day expiry. Free bet payment method player and country restrictions apply. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. Championship leaders West Brom had to come from 2-0 down at home at the Hawthorns at home to claim a draw against bottom of the table Barnsley. Gareth Ainsworth, 
is not the Millwall manager. Instead, it's former Stoke, Derby, Burton and Birmingham gaffer Gary Rowett. Matt is claiming this one on Twitter, says, I predicted Rowett and no one laughed. Uh, 2-2 with Cardiff. <laughs> that ended uh, Adam Barrett's stint as caretaker boss on a high. Mark Bones Reading got off to a winning start. 1-0 win over Preston North End. Then a 2-2 at QPR. Other Tuesday-related scores. We're recording this on a Wednesday, of course. Birmingham 1-11, Blackburn. We mentioned the 2-2 between Millwall and Cardiff. Preston 1-1 with Leeds. QPR 2-2, Reading. Everyone's drawing. West Brom 2-2, Barnsley. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Stoke 0. Stoke's fortunes changed a bit at the weekend. They finally scored a penalty. Hurrah. A little bit of fist pumping of Chichester style from <laughs> Nathan Jones. And then they lose one. Another mistake, though. Sam, and he can't mitigate against that, can he? You're one player giving the ball away. Sheffield Wednesday pop up the other end and score. No, he can't. And it looked like there was very little between the two sides last night in terms of chances, shots on target, um, possession uh, as well. And after the high of, of Saturday, that's really disappointing to go there. Albeit against Gary Monk, Sheffield Wednesday, who I think have had one defeat since he's been at the club. So he's done a fine job uh, stabilising them this season. Yeah, I spoke to Adrian about it a few weeks ago. And I know that Nathan Jones has been working particularly hard with Lee Gregory on the training ground. I think him playing so well at the weekend and getting that goal will really set them up. And we know that the numbers uh, have suggested that the results were going to turn. I think they are now. I think Nathan Jones has been backed, obviously, by the hierarchy. Uh, I was surprised. I'm really pleased it has happened. I expect Stoke to be fine now this season. Maybe it's not going to be a season where they challenge. Well, quite clearly, that's going to be difficult. But I think it's great that he's still the manager. And I think they'll have a decent season from here on in. It's like we always say, if you if you can see that he's trying to do something, then you try and stick with them, don't yeah. you? With the the players are with him, aren't they, at the yeah. moment? There's no doubt about that. And look, they've, they've beaten Fulham. They've beaten Swansea, two high flyers, two teams you'd expect to be up there. And they've narrowly lost 1-0 to Sheffield Wednesday. We're a third. I don't think there's any shame in that defeat. No need to, to lose confidence. Fair play to stick with him, says Joe Allen, um, talking about his gaffer. And you can hear him saying that as well, just more of a Welsh accent. A new boss at Millwall then, Gary Rower. And the men- reason we mentioned Stoke is because his game against uh, Millwall Stokers at the weekend, isn't it? So that one's coming up. We thought maybe it was going to be Ainsworth in, Ainsworth out, and then Rowett's done it, right decision? I'm happy with the appointment. I think Millwall fans should be pleased with it. He's a, he's a good fit. He's, he's done pretty well most places he's been. He's always won more matches than he's lost, which is a sign of a, a half-decent manager who did that at every club he's been with. So, so no, I, I, th- I think he's, he's a decent fit. He's, he's quite pragmatic, and Mill will need to be. They can't go and play, you know, crazy, gung-ho, expansive football, not with the, the budget that they've got. be interesting to see what he does in the transfer market because he does have a reputation for bringing in oldies. He likes experienced players. He's not one to, to mess around with too many too many kids. So, um, so, so watch this space on that one in January. I think a few older heads will come in. But, but look, he inherits a team in, in OK form. He finds a striker that's red hot in, in Tom Bradshaw as well, doesn't he? Yeah, no, I I agree. I think he's got a few players through the spine of the team that are right at the top of their game at the moment, which are carrying them somewhat. I think Cardiff were very unfortunate last night, by all accounts, not to win that game. I think Mill had two good chances and Tom Bradshaw is in the best form 
uh, of his Millwall career, clearly because he was um, he was injured for majority of last season. So him, Ben Thompson as well, mm. is playing tremendously well. Balkowski in goal was phenomenal last night, and he's in a good, rich vein of form. Um, Barrett's done well. You know, he's he's done really well. The game I saw against Leeds, they were fantastic. They were unfortunate against um, Brentford. But if to put it into context, they hadn't scored two goals, I think, for 16, 17 games. And they've done that for three games running now. So they're doing something right. And and Gary Rower, I agree with Adrian, a little bit pragmatic in, in the past in terms of his setup. But he said all the right things. Playing on the front foot, wants entertaining football. It's going to be a struggle. But I think Rowett will... Um, proved to be a good appointment. A struggle not least because who he does face first in, in Stoke's own club, then they're away to Reading. But but the joy of being at Mill is actually when you are playing there, the, the new den as was the old den, now just just the den. It has a, it is still quite intimidating. The noise is good. If the, if the home fans are behind you, which you expect them to be, then that will help it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a unique club and I think you have to get on board with the identity that they that they have that the fans have and I think he will do he's a smart guy yeah. Gary Rowe I've known him for for a number of years he's really intelligent knows knows his football and gets on well with players by all accounts I think I think he's he's still relatively young isn't he I think he's 40, 45 so so he's got that connection with the modern player as well I, I think he'll do okay but what 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 is success for me well, I, I would imagine mid table this season I think that's that, that they're more than capable of that at the Totally Show, what is success for Millwall? Adrian Clark writes, mid-table, let's know. So, Barnsley won, Swansea won. This is where we have an in-depth look at one of the games at the weekend. What do we make of this one? Well, I was up at Barnsley, I think was Daniel Stendhal's penultimate game, I think, where they were swept aside by, by Brentford. And I came away from the game thinking they need to get a third centre-half into that team and they need to get a proper defensive midfielder who can scrap and protect and shield uh, the back three. And that's what Adam Murray did at the weekend against Swansea. And uh, only Daniel Stender will know if he was going to do exactly that once those players became fit. It's Diaby I'm talking about and Kenny Dougal, who was arguably their best player last season. So to get them in the team at the weekend against Swansea, much better balance allows Moet and McGeehan to get forward, who... um, Incidentally, missed a couple of sitters, McGeehan. Avery with a huge throw again, McGeehan flicks it on. Back across from Moet, missed it, McGeehan! Oh! Not for the first time this afternoon, it's another glaring miss from Cameron McGeehan. But being in the right place, which he hasn't been so far this season. So, no, I see them, I saw huge improvements against Swansea, should have won that game. Swansea, I think, very lightweight and it's extremely concerning Five wins and a draw in their first six games, 16 points from 18. They've had one win in seven, three points from the subsequent 21 points available. So they have fallen off a cliff and it is that that midfield. Last night, Jay Fulton went in there with Matt Grimes, but the other option's been Tom Carroll. I think they missed a bit of bite against Barnsley. Kenny Dougal back in there. I think that was a big difference. Definitely, yeah. I, I like Dougal. I think he could be the key man. Just to, like you say, release Moet and McGeehan. Um, I'm not sure about Bambo Diaby, though. That looks a bit... He got a good goal last a night. Bit dodgy. Yeah. Got a goal. I know he did. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> he was... And the highlights I saw of this game, Barnsley Swans, he didn't look that convinced. I, I'm, he's been out of the team as well. Yeah. He started the season like a house on fire. Then he, he fell off the rails. I don't know if he's the answer, mm. but a third defender definitely it seems to be. I actually think Swansea deserve 
definitely deserves a draw. I mean, they had eight shots on target. The man of the match was maybe the, the Barnsley keeper. Are you delivering? Selena! Oh, what a save from Collins. Outstanding from Barnsley's goalkeeper. Brad Collins. So, so yeah, but they didn't back it up, did they, Swansea? A half-decent point at Barnsley, and then they go and get battered at home by Brentford. So, so a bit of work to do. But, but the positive for them going forward is Ayu is definitely looking more like the, the old Andre Ayu. Yeah, Swansea have dropped out as of Tuesday night, have dropped out of those playoff positions. They're down to seventh. They lost 3-0 at home to Brentford. And it was a 2-2 for Barnsley at West Brom. So suggesting that that... They went two up though, didn't they? But yeah. no, I was about to say, <laughs> suggesting that defensively they're getting it right. Um, but but they are maybe have a bit more character about them than we've seen in the past. That's a completely different game, I think, away at, at the Hawthorns. Yeah. And naturally, when you're two goals to the good after the Saturday game, you're going to get leggy in the second half and West Brom are going to move you Their around. Their quality came Yeah, through, they're going to move yeah. you around and that happens. Wow. No see, no lead is safe against West Brom, is it? Yeah. I mean, they just always come back. It was the most predictable comeback, I think, of the season so far. A reminder, you can watch all highlights from the EFL via Quest. Nice and easy to do so. Freeview Channel 12, Freesat 167, Sky 144, Virgin 217, or just go online to questod.co.uk and you can watch it when you like. Right, coming up this weekend, Sheffield Wednesday up against Leeds. And the big question after he scored coming off the bench is whether Bielsa is going to give a first start to a certain striker, Sam. <laughs> well, yeah, he absolutely should, Eddie in my Kessler. opinion. Yeah, I think one goal every 44 minutes, all from the bench so far this season. Can't do any more. Can he to get a start? And I think on the back of a week where he hooked Bamford at half time mm. and then stuck with him and he missed more chances at Preston, then if he doesn't, they'll be scratching their heads. I think Eddie has to has to be given a chance. Some players are just better off the bench. And he yeah. he, he had a reputation for that at Arsenal. He, he's, he's done it before. He's got previous. But he deserves to start and, and he is a better finisher. It's as simple as that. He doesn't have the physical attributes of Bamford, probably won't work quite as hard. He can hold the ball. Let me tell you, I've seen a lot of him. And for a small guy, he looks after it okay, Eddie Nketiah. But, but yeah, he has to play in this game. And, and actually, when I look at the Sheffield Wednesday defence, who have done great, actually, uh, I has been brilliant and uh, and the other the other guys at Borna that came in and um, I think that they would rather play against Bamford than than the slippery movement of Eddie and Ketia. so so for me he has to start 538 is the total number of minutes Sheffield Wednesday have spent leading matches this season the highest in the EFL they're up Ooh. to third in the league at just a point behind Leeds I quite like it <laughs> yeah that's that Great too. Stat. Did it for me. Love it. All right, we can move on from that stat if you want. Monday night then, QPR Brentford in the West London derby. Uh, Sam, you'll be at this one. I will. And um, I watched QPR last night hanging on for dear life against Reading. I knew they were going to equalise and yeah. I was just petrified that they were going to get a winner as well. So maybe, I don't know if they underestimated them, but I think Reading exceeded expectation. Mark Warburton changed formation twice which tells you all you need to know yeah. really and quite a big change at halftime reverting to the back three which got them a lot of success early part of the season I think again it's just um, you know realising where QPR are at it's a big reliance on their two 
best players who happen to be their two youngest players as well in, in Eze and Elias Chair. They run out of steam a little bit towards the end of games, especially, you know, the, the games in close proximity um, that we've got at the moment. But, I mean, Eze is just a dream. Mm. I mean, he's reminds me a lot of Tarapt, yeah. who I think everyone will make the comparison. But going back to when I was a boy, he's so like Roy Wegley, who's one of my heroes, the first players I watched. And the way that he moves with the ball... It's, he's a wonderful talent. I, I love seeing players like that. I think he's absolutely exquisite and he's, he will play in the Premier League and he's showing that consistency that he had at the start of last season. I just hope he can do it throughout this campaign and it should be a really entertaining game. Brentford in, in great nick as well after two different results. Unusually conceding two against Mill because they've been defensively very sound. That's been the thing about Brentford this year. But starting to score goals again and I expect that could very well be a, another score draw or something of that. Good similar. game. Great game in the making. Eze's got to be one of the... He's got to be, if not the most entertaining player in the championship, he's got to be in the top two or three, hasn't he? How, how is Great the way he's being managed different from Nketiah then? So you've got two young, yeah. youngish players. He comes on, he starts, mm. it lights up Loftus Road. Everyone's behind him. He's the type of player that QPR love and they, they do develop one sort of every season. They have one of these, <laughs> one of our own we look after, we're going to love. Yeah. Uh, how would you manage him better? Or is he being managed properly in so much well, as let him go, attack him straight he's off? He's a per- permanent fixture. He's not a lone E. And he's made, he, the manager's recognised his best player. So he's, he's made, given him bas- massive responsibilities, hasn't mm. he? With Nketiah, I just think that Bielsa loves Bamford. I think he really, really likes him as the spearhead of his attack. It's, it, it's nothing it, against it more, Nketiah. Is it just what he brings to the... The I team, do you think, so. is all round game? So. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I don't think there's any slight on Nketiah, but, but he needs a chance. He needs to be given an opportunity. On Brentford, yeah, fantastic. I, th- I think they've been really solid, haven't they? Only six away goals conceded, two of them. Uh, actually, that was at, at home uh, to, to Mill, wasn't it? But, but six goals conceded on the road. QPR have conceded over the last eight games more than double that Brentford have. Which is which is amazing, really. They've got more points than Brentford, but they've conceded more than twice as many goals. So, so you know where the weakness lies with with Warburton's team. I fancy Brentford actually to at least get a result here. Um, QPR have only won one match against teams in the top thirteen. They've basically been flat track bullies this season in in some really entertaining affairs against the big boys or better teams. They've struggled. West Brom and Swansea uh, dispatched them fairly comfortably at the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium. So, so I, I fancy. Brentford. It's going to be a brilliant game. Sheffield Wednesday leads QPR Brentford our picks for the weekend. What odds on this, Joe Critty? Sheffield Wednesday are 13 to 5 to beat Leeds. Leeds favourites just a bit over even money at 21 to 20. The draw is 5 to 2. And on Monday night, QPR are 13 to 8 to win. Brentford 31 to 20. And the draw 13 to 5, so very close across the board there. 3 3, I'm going for in that one. QPR, Brentford, Monday night. That's the odds. Is it? 6 6 to 1? Yeah. Says an echo in the background. Uh, Thank you, Joe. That's the odds taken care of then, and indeed the championship. Time for stop two on the tour and into League One. Hey, Clarky, those blades really got to Arsenal the other night, huh? Hang on. I thought this was a football league show, Uh, but funny you should mention blades because I've been using Harry's razors recently. And might I say, how wonderful you look too. Perfect for a a wedding or something like that. And the good news is, Sam and the listeners can get involved by getting your try. This is really, I've just got to blank that. (laughs) Is it? The acting is brilliant. Keep going. 
keep going and leave all this in. <laughs> and the good news is, Sam and the listeners can get involved by getting your trial set. It includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Just really? Look, just look at my face. Oh, yes. Weighted, ergonomic, handle, five precision engineer blades with a lubricating strip. And who doesn't want that? Of course. And a trimmer blade. Rich, lathering shave gel. Try not to squirt that on your bedroom floor, though, um, like I did last time. A travel blade cover as well. You've got it all. I mean, that is worth it alone. Worth what? I don't know. But because you listen to the Totally Football League show, you can get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for just £3.95. To support our podcast and get your trial set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, not for the floor, and travel blade cover, go to harrys.com forward slash footy right now. That's harrys.com forward slash footy. And you too can look as smooth and read as smooth as Adrian. to League One and this is what's going on in our obligatory what is going on at South End topic. Sol Campbell, as we've been saying all the time, is in. But after a 7-1 thrashing at the hands of Donny, probably wishes he was out. No bets here as it's downs with Wally at Wimbledon, who gambled once too often, which, according to the rules, is once. Anyway, Wally placed eight bets and now can't do anything football related till the 14th of November. And so Wimbledon parted company with Wally and that's that, apart from they lost 1-0 at Burton. Other stories saw Ipswich losing at the weekend for the first time this season. No team in the EFL is unbeaten. Fact. And Bolton have their first win of the season. 2-0 at Bristol Rovers. Brackets. Keith Hill efforts in adversity. TM medal. Close brackets on the way. Do you want to start with that, Joe? Yeah. All right then. Um, Bolton, I wasn't really expecting anything from Bolton last night, uh, as I haven't expected anything from them all season. But more so last night, they travelled without Ben Annick, Liam Edwards, Harry Brockbank, Liam Bridcut, Dennis Politic, Thibaut Verlinden, Will Buckley, Joe Bunny, Jack Hobbs and Jake Wright. How many uh, were on the bench? Uh, <laughs> the very threadbare squad. Um, but they managed to get the win um, in what by all accounts was a, a relatively even game. It was always going to come. They weren't going to go the whole season without picking up a win. I did think it was going to come against Rochdale, as did a lot of Bolton fans. And I think that was probably a, a little bit of overconfidence going into that game because they had been playing quite well mm. without getting the goals. So I think um, they went into the Rochdale game thinking, right, well, we can keep a clean sheet against these and maybe nick one up the other end, and it didn't happen. But yeah, it, it's, it feels absolutely brilliant to, to finally get a win. Minus five points, 18 points off safety. We're going to win the league, aren't we? Just now, just 10 points off South End, who are a place above them in the table. And South End, with Sol Campbell, appointed an hour before, just an hour before their 7-1 defeat to Doncaster. Not really the tale of it all. They went one up, uh, despite being down to 10 men. Then Doncaster hit seven without reply. Southend finished with nine men after that. Um, Darren Moore afterwards said, he's got a wonderful project and a good challenge here. And one I'm sure he'll grab with both hands. I'm sure he'll turn this place around. The old oil tanker turning, is it not? <laughs> it's it's going to be difficult for Southend. And now with Bolton breathing down their necks. Second bottom. Well, look, they're up against it. It's a really poor Southend United side. I have to say, defensively, I don't think I've ever seen a Southend team that has been this bad defensively. They're, they're just woeful. But Sol Campbell's got that, you know, he's one of the England's best ever defenders. Great knowledge. I'm sure he will improve them. 
uh, Herman Haridison is a, is a good lad, I think, by all accounts as well. Really good personality to have alongside him. Another former defender. So you've got two good role models there. Andy Cole, striker coach. Well, you know, the strikers are going to be... You'd, you'd love to work with Andy oh, Cole, yeah. wouldn't you, Sam? So, so, so I think it's a, it's a really exciting appointment. I've, got, I've had my abacus out. Right. Right. Now, as manager of Macclesfield... He took the equivalent, taking the Cups into account, of 36 points from 30 games, okay, and kept them up. Brilliant job. 36 from 30. He's got 32 left of this season to reach 50 points, which you normally do. Yeah. And he's 45 points with Southend United from just two extra games. He needs to do much, much better than he did at Macclesfield with a group of players that are bereft of confidence. Are I they, still are, think they're probably going to go down. Are they just bereft of confidence or have they got enough as players so, they've got they enough going enough forward Tom Hopper great to see him back he's a he's an excellent striker at this level Simon Cox you've got guys in midfield that can score goals McLaughlin from the wing Dieng in the middle but at the back it's it's been horrendous mm. so I think if he keeps them up it will be even more miraculous than the Macclesfield job that he did there but he knew all that, so he walks into a job that he knows exactly what's in front of him. Can he do it? Will he do it? It's difficult to see lightning striking twice, yeah. t- to be honest. Um, he, he, uh, I think he wanted the job before there was all the Larson speculation, so you can understand why the talks went on a little bit because he clearly wasn't first choice, it, it seems. Incredibly difficult. I've been saying for weeks now, I don't think the squad's anywhere near good enough. I agree with Adrian. I think Hopper was one in two last season, got his goal at Tranmere last week. Um, so he'll be feeling good about things. So going forward, I don't see too much of a problem. Well, I don't see as many problems as them defensively. And, and last night will take some getting over. But it probably is a positive that there's a fresh voice coming straight in after such a, a hellish defeat against a good Doncaster team. But it's not a brilliant Doncaster side. They do move you around and play good possession football. And probably with the two extra men, they're one of the last teams you probably do want to face. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I yeah. think as the football they play, they make the pitch big, don't they? I think mm. the two-man advantage for Doncaster was yeah, yeah, it's big. yeah, but I mean, it's not a player, it's not a team I see with loads of goals, which sounds ridiculous today, but they don't really have a striker at the moment, uh, Doncaster. So it was just one of those games last night. Write it off, and Herman, so Har- you're rubbing your hands together, aren't you? I mean, you, you can only yeah. get better than 7 1. And the, the Horidison's a good point because I've seen him on um, his holidays a few times, okay. and he certainly knows how to enjoy himself. Does he? So what he, do you mean a few times? How can you bump into someone I've on bumped, a few uh, times? I've bumped him a few times in um, that well known desert. Resort in uh, America. Okay. Yeah. I've tried. Anything you'd like to divulge? I've seen him just looking very entertaining in Las Vegas, but he was with his wife actually, which made it even better. And uh, Icelandics. Yeah, Icelandic. They're bonkers. And he was with um, Herman Horidison, who was having an equally good time. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> he was with. Himself. He was with. <laughs> he was with. He was with Hel. He was with Hyde Helgerson, who was having an equally good time. <laughs> All of them, on the uh, <laughs> full name, first name, Johnson surname. Ida Good Johnson. Ida Good Johnson. Anyone else? Um, Siggy Johnson. Gilfie Sigurdsson. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thomason, the old Newcastle forward, or was he Norwegian? Danish. Danish. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Odds on going down. Us, not them. <laughs> Anything uh, shifted? Uh, well, when Sol took over at. Macclesfield, they were one to ten to get relegated. Southend are one to twelve. So yeah, it is a slightly bigger task according to the odds. Uh, Bolton 
obviously one to twenty-five a bigger price than Southend, uh, and so it, it's it's kind of a battle between uh, uh, maybe what are we five or six teams: Wimbledon, Tranmere, MK Dons, Rochdale, Accrington, probably uh, to fill that final spot. We're going to hear in, in just a moment from the new Sunderland boss, Phil Parkinson. But just before that, one more manager to talk about. Wally Downs isn't with Wimbledon anymore. Glyn Hodges, do you give him the job permanently? 1-0 at the weekend they beat Portsmouth. Not so good for them last night as well. I, I don't know. Is it? You need someone in there to steady things. He won four in a row so he's got a good shout I know they lost last night at Burton but going to Burton's not easy is it no of course not it's going to be difficult not to give him the job I think we all kind of envisaged this was going to happen to, to Wally unfortunately because of the the incidents and the start to the season that they've had uh, he did brilliantly last year to keep him up and He's reading quite a lot of the, the stuff on their website. I don't think the fans are best pleased the way it's been dealt with. And mm. that's because Wally's obviously a, was a player and uh, did a brilliant job as a manager. So It's a sacking, isn't it? This, this yeah. is to do, I don't think this is to do with the ban. Yeah. I, d- I genuinely don't. I just think, open the door for Hodges. And Hod- Hodges effectively has nicked his job by being so good. I think that they wouldn't have made... I think Wally Downs would have come back in. If if they hadn't have improved, really, P- potentially, he'd have had a, more of a chance of. But it, it's it is grounds for a, a sacking, is it? Or I, it's th- I think it's to do with it. I think it's to do with the team's performance, genuinely. Yeah. Interesting, but it, you're right. Three in the league, and then if you take the results in the, in the cup as well, he's done brilliantly for them. The little bit of a blip, but things so tight down the the bottom of the table. Maybe they needed to make a reaction when they did, and whether they they give it to him to the end of the season. Let's talk next, though to a manager that is in perhaps a better situation at the moment, brighter times for Phil Parkinson at Sunderland. As we said last week, he's in and he had the dream home debut. Headline writers purring a 5-0 win over Tramp. Well, congratulations first off. Are you, are you heading home at the moment after a 5-0 triumph in your back pocket? Yeah, obviously very pleased. It's good to get a home win and uh, the lads played really well. I'm pleased for the lads because they put a lot of effort in last night and uh, they got the rewards um, with some, some terrific goals. I love having a, a little look around on social media after you, after teams have been announced and people go, four changes? What's he doing? A couple of surprises, but <laughs> <laughs> first clean sheet of the season works, doesn't it? Yeah, I think when the games come to think of fast at any level, that you've got to freshen uh, the team up. However... A couple of those changes were enforced because McGeady was suspended and we lost Charlie White with an injury as well at the, at the weekend. So, yeah, it's taken me going to take me a while to get to know all the players. And with these games coming up, you know, Saturday and Tuesday away, it's Oxford in the Cup. It's mm. going to give us a chance to, to look at all the players. And uh, by the end of this run of midweek games, hopefully everyone will have the opportunity. Yeah, well done on last night, first up, Phil. A fantastic performance. And you've also got Duncan Watmore back from injury. That was good timing, Phil. And and by all accounts, he was sensational in the game against Tranmere. He's got great pace. He stretches opponents. Is that something you were looking to bring into the side anyway? Yes, definitely. Uh, Pleased for Duncan. He's had a really tough time with injuries. But he's a player who makes runs in behind opposition back fours and... Um, it's something the team needs and um, he did it so well last night and we brought him off after 70 minutes and um, you know, hopefully to keep him fresh for the weekend. But yeah, great for him and his own confidence to get a goal and, uh, and also to get an assist as well. 
Phil, we all know about the, the, the issues that the Sunderland have been having, I suppose, over the last year. W what was your focus your first few days on the training ground? Was it organisation or was it improving the mood? What did you have to really get your teeth into? Uh, yeah, the, the mood was OK. Just really trying to address the balance in the team. And that's what we've got to continue to do. Uh, you know, we're a team who has a lot of the ball, certainly at home. But make it as more effective, and um, you know, make sure we're penetrating the opposition back four. You know, getting early crosses in the box, and like we did last night, and just just getting that balance right. And also, you know, can we can we make us more solid defensively? You know, in football, when you're attacking, you've got to make sure you've got players in place so you don't get counterattacked on. And just those, you know, little areas where we're kind of looking at. We've got a lot of work to do with with a, with a group of players. We've had limited time on the training pitch so far, but you know we'll, we'll look forward to training again tomorrow. Can I just ask? It always intrigues me when managers go into a club how much they talk to others around the club, and clearly, you know, it probably wouldn't have been your place to talk to Jack Ross and what he yeah. went through and what he experienced. But how much in-depth research do you do in that respect? Try and talk to people that know. Yeah, you can be told a load of bluff and nonsense, can't you, by owners sometimes? Yeah. I'm not saying they did in this case. So how do you go about knowing that this is going to be right, that I will have those resources in January, that that you will be able to work in that environment? Yeah, I mean, I've had some very open and honest chats with, with the owners in the in the interview process. And, you know, I was you know, pleased with, with what their assessment was with the squad and what they felt was needed. I took a few days there's existing staff who are there who gave us an interesting insight in, in what, what their thoughts were so it's a combination of both really that your own assessment of watching the games which obviously I did uh, through through the interview process building up my own knowledge but then listening to everybody and, and, and taking everyone's opinion and, and helping you try and make the right decisions Does that also involve uh, I mean Adrian mentioned Duncan Watmore but, but other players that you've looked at and thought They've just not been performing. I can work with them and I can make them better. Who, who have you targeted that, that you're going to put an arm around and, and that you think you can really get more out of? Yeah, well, you know, I'd like to have a chat with all the players, all, all the players individually. And I'm trying to do that you know, as, as we go along. I've had some you know, interesting chats with a few of the senior ones already. And it is about getting to know players individually and what makes them tick and what they need to help them become better. And, um, you know, we're certainly going to try and do that as we go along. And you'll also know that the fans love a chat up there. Um, I know that clearly that Stuart Donald and the likes, they've always been quite open with the podcast, like the Roker Report and, and talking to them too. Is that going to be one of the things, getting the fans on board, making sure that you're just having that open conversation with them? I think the most important thing I can do is, is try and win games and yeah. um, get get the supporters on side. And you know, the Sunderland fans have got an incredible passion for the club. You know, you can sense that so much in a, in and around the city. And you know, we want to send them away from each game. You know, saying, "Well, we, we've seen a, a really good performance, full of energy and commitment and desire, as, as well as goal mouth action." And that's what I'd like to do. And um, you know, we started off in, in good style last night. You going up this season? Um, oh, that's a big question. <laughs> I, I feel we've got a good chance, yeah. We've, we've got some good players. I've got a lot of work to do with the squad, myself and, and Steve Parkin. We, we know the task ahead, but we're going to do absolutely everything to try and get this, this club back where it belongs. 
Phil Parkinson, Sunderland boss. Quick look ahead to the weekend's fixtures then. Posh against the Coventry. Six hours without a goal for Coventry, unless you are listening to this on Wednesday night. <laughs> and then that might have changed and they might have been 6-0 winners. Uh, who wants to tackle this one? Coventry, I saw against Tranmere a few weeks ago and it was the exactly what you've just described there, Caroline. They, they were excellent up until the, the box. Matt Goddard missed a flurry of chances on, on that day. And I think that's been the story of the season. 18 shots against MK Dons at the weekend, nil-nil. They, they did something similar to Bolton, I seem to remember. Yeah. And Bolton got the, the goalless draw. They're really good to watch. I think they're an excellent side. They play possession football now under Mark Robbins, but I think AD Vivash has a, a, a big impact on that as well in terms of his coaching, um, ex-Chelsea, of course. And it's not just sideways and backwards. They go forward with a purpose. And when they lose it, they look to win it back really quickly as well. So I was ever so impressed with them, even in that 1-0 defeat to Tramway, which was the biggest smash and grab you will ever see. <laughs> Um, so looking forward to this weekend. I think it's just got the look of a really good entertaining fixture. Obviously, they play tonight, both teams. Uh, Peterborough were missing Madison last time out. Dembele came in. They still got a good win away at Gillingham. So looks like a really good football match. If I think Godden's a good striker. I think he's perfect, actually. And I think he's just having one of those little periods where he's not as clinical yeah. as maybe he has been during his career. But I think that should come good for him. I think Peter Bratt will sacrifice the ball for a lot of this game and play on the counter. They've done it before this season. They can go both ways, Peter Bratt. Coventry, they, I agree completely with everything Sam said. Um, but Peter Bratt are the most dangerous team in the division, aren't they? They, they score so such a variety of goals. I was breaking them down, four from turnovers and counters, four from outside the box, six set piece goals, couple of balls, a uh, couple of goals rather from long balls. They can hurt you in so many different ways, uh, Posh, and uh, I think they've got an excellent chance of going up this year. We've done the odds on who's dropping out the league. Is there anything else you wish to add, my lord? Uh, I could do the match odds. Go on then. Peterborough are favourites at evens to win that game against Coventry. Coventry 5-2 to two and the draw 13-5. to five. One Sa more. Oh, sorry, oh, I was going to do oh, Southend as well. Oh, go on. Uh, and Sol's first match in charge, Southend. It's a tricky one against Ipswich. Ipswich are odds on at 1-2 to two to win the game. Southend are 17-4. to four. That's a bit of a bizarre price. Uh, and the draw, 29-10. to 10. One more stop along the tour we go. And it's into League 2 next. This is the Totally Football League show with Caroline Barker. League two then, and Noble, Nuble, Nuble, Frank, him, missed a stoppage time penalty as Colchester wasted the chance to end League two leaders' crew's unbeaten run, which now stretches to seven. That one was goalless, something for the weekend. Morecambe secured their second win of the season to drop Stevenage back into the relegation spot. Both then promptly lost on Tuesday, so it's as you were. And while Stevenage may not be winning on the pitch, they are arguably winning off it. Thanks to their sponsors, Burger King and the Stevenage Challenge. Score a goal in a Stevenage shirt and you score yourself a free Burger King meal. So you have to buy a Stevenage shirt at the cost of 40 quid, then <laughs> score a goal wearing it. And if you do that, you can get food costing about five pounds. It's well worth it. It's and then probably food. stain all down the front of your shirt. Yeah, everyone's a winner, yeah. especially the Stevenage club shop. You, you do the maths. Chris Porch asks, could any of you explain the thought process of the officials at Home Park after they didn't disallow Plymouth's first goal due to handball? This was Plymouth 
late in Orient. Carl Fletcher in the Orient. We were going to do lots of uh, donut chat, which I think you've done quite a yeah. lot over the past few weeks. So that's done, done. Um, the O's new boss comes in and there's controversy. They lose 4-0, right? But does anyone want to explain the most <laughs> obvious handball in the history of handballs, uh, which resulted in the first Plymouth goal? Um yeah, it's Zach Rudden who is on loan from Rangers. Uh, he's just tantalisingly slightly away from a, across from the right-hand side. Hand goes up, keeper makes a save, and, and Joel Grant, who's in amazing form at the moment, smashes in the rebound. It, I mean, it's the clearest handball you're ever going to see. And I suppose, yes, Leighton Orion went on to get thumped last night, but it's the first goal in yeah. a game, and it's a terrible decision. It's in slow motion as well, isn't it? He goes, oh, my hand's up, my hand's up. I am going to, I am going to. It's, yeah, it's a volleyball spike. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's That's a volleyball it spike. And how, because it's not just the ref. You've got two assistants mm. and a fourth official. How none of them could pick up on that is is just mad, really. Um, they should hang their heads in shame this morning, those officials. Poor. I can't see from the... It's not clear from the, the video angle that we see where the officials are mm. in relation to it. But you're right, is that clear that... If you're up with play, which you should be. And I know, I know you can't go from the player's reaction. Mm. I know that's kind of a, uh, an unwritten rule. But they must have gone absolutely ballistic last night. And I know there's, there's, there's times when I was playing and they can just take a breath, the officials, and just go, actually, we've, we've got this wrong. Even if it's a delaying situation when they can go and talk to their assistant and mm. just take a little breath and, and surely something kind of has to be done about that in what? future, something like that. Yeah. What about a player who did it? I mean, he's cheated, isn't he, really? He yeah, knows he's done it. And to come on to that... Yeah. I probably did that for a laugh in training once yeah. or twice in my it career. Look, it looks I'd, like that. I'd, I'd never done, like I've, never d- I've never done that in a match. Never even considered it. But you wouldn't yeah. own up either, would you, I suppose? Or would you? <sighs> I just wouldn't do it. I no, just wouldn't. No. Do, I wouldn't have done it in a game. He's, yeah. he, must, he must be feeling pretty lucky this morning mm. and, yeah. and a bit embarrassed. But, but you're right. It just takes the officials to take a deep breath because there's, there's that. I mean, half the crowd, all of the defenders are all saying it's, if it's that obvious a, a call for them all to be shouting and saying, look, handball, uh, handball, handball. I know it opens a can of worms, but he's got to be able to communicate with the yeah. fourth official there and look at it on a monitor yeah. or whatever when it's a decision that that's bad. And then go up to the player and say, look, this is going to be all over social media. You're going to look a mug. I'm going to look a mug. Did you handball? <laughs> because when it's like that, I, I wasn't a player. I've said it a few times in this podcast, someone who, who took refereeing decisions home with me and and and. You know, thought about it all weekend and, oh, bloody hell, we've been done by an official. They even themselves out yeah. and you get one the following week. But something like that can have such a detrimental effect on the team's morale and performance of those 90 minutes. And you, you feel like everything's against you and you, you can't believe it. And immediately you've got it in for the ref. Budget so. VAR, right? All the games have been aired live on the, is it the iFollow service. It's there, isn't it? Fourth Budget official, he does, doesn't need to do anything else. He just needs to be watching the old eye follow, doesn't he? The fourth official. Yeah. And he's like, I've just seen that. I've just seen it on the telly. Yeah. Easy. Budget VAR. There's the title for the podcast. Uh, Talking of budget VAR, I don't know if there's any link to this, which uh, there absolutely isn't. Let's have a look at the fixtures this weekend. Exeter up against Plymouth then. Um, Plymouth, no hands going near any balls. (laughs) Hopefully not. I was going to say a derby that I've been a part of, but I think I was in the stand for one of the games and I was on the bench for the other one. But it certainly is a fixture where 
you bump into people in Exeter and around the training ground and everyone's just got to beat Plymouth. you just got to beat Plymouth. It's very, you know, it's a, it's a toxic derby. They yeah. really don't like each other. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a great game at St. James's Park. The last meeting there, 2-0 to Plymouth. And Joel Grant was playing for Exeter on that occasion. And now he's at Plymouth. And he's a huge reason for this upturn in form. He's four goals in four games now. He's not an out-and-out striker either. And that's a bit of a problem position for them. They've got a number that they can go with, Ryan Lowe, but I don't see one that's really going to get him double figures this season. It's going to probably be an even spread of goals. Danny Mayer, when he comes back in, will be uh, imperative to their you know, attacking play. But it's been interesting that we envisaged it being all of the lads from Berry going straight into that starting lineup. The two games only McFadden uh, has played, as, mm. uh, so it, that's been interesting. It's been a lot of the the old guard and players he brought in from elsewhere that have been doing the business. So now they're in great form. Six games unbeaten now, four wins, two draws. They're getting to the level that we anticipated, and I think that it's, it's a great looking game after Exeter have had two heavy. Yeah. Defeats. And they, if they beat Exeter, they go above them. So there's massive incentives there for, for Plymouth. As for Exeter, third bottom of the form table across the last six games. So it's 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 not been great for them. The keepers made errors in the last two matches. So it'll be interesting to see see what Taylor does there. I don't expect him to make a change. He, he made five for the for the game in midweek. So I don't know if that's because they were carrying a few, a few knocks. What I'll say about this game, even though Exeter are out of form and Plymouth are in it, it's a derby. We all know, we've all watched enough derbies to know that they can be levellers and quite frantic, scrappy affairs. In that type of match, mm. I back Exeter over Plymouth. They're, they're a much more rugged team, quite physical, they go direct. They're, they're not a passing team. It's, their, their style isn't based around sort of having the ball for long periods where Plymouth are a, a bit more expansive. So, so I give Exeter a fighting chance here. Should, should be a tidy game. I'll get the odds from you, Joe, in, in just a moment. But there's, the time is just ticking past 11 o'clock as we're recording this. And Macclesfield Town due back in the High Court this morning for the sixth time in six months. They face a winding up petition over that unpaid tax bill. Nothing yet. No news on that yet, just as we're recording this. I will just say, though, Macclesfield and Cheltenham, both last season, of course, how close they, they swerved getting relegated. Cheltenham second currently. Macclesfield 14th. They're the real the deal, league. I think, Cheltenham. Yeah. yeah, love them. Love watching them, score loads of goals. Yeah, I, I think watch them go. I think they're, they're definitely... I'd be surprised if they don't make the top seven. Uh, Macclesfield are, are doing amazingly, I think, given the circumstances. 20 points from 15 games up to Incredible. 14th. Yeah, it, it, given the problems off the field, that's, that's really commendable. Yeah, that's probably the... The better stat of all of those, they are 14th on 20 points, but just four points off those playoff positions. And Swindon in seventh. Good luck to all the Mac fans. Right, odds then on Exeter, Plymouth and anything else in between, Joe? Uh, Exeter, despite uh, not being in the best of form uh, and despite Plymouth being in rather good form, uh, Exeter are favourites to win this 23-20, to 20, Plymouth 23-10 to 10 and the draw 12-5. to 5. Almost, almost. Thank you, Joe. Almost missed out on the biggest news of the day. Chris Kamara's Christmas album entitled Here's to Christmas is due out. It's going to be a big band swing album. Will you be streaming this come the 25th of December, Mr. Adrian? Oh, I don't know. If we, if we have a, a Christmas party, maybe some, maybe one, one of you guys will be a lucky recipient of a Secret Santa or something. Cammy's album. Lucky. Might be played this weekend because we're all off on a jolly, mm, aren't we? We are. Happy wedding day, Abby. 
who didn't want me to say anything like that. She just wanted me to throw you a question like, is that part of the show where we ask you what you're doing this weekend, Sam, Adrian, any guesses? <laughs> there we go. Uh, there we go, another episode done. Thank you for everyone. It reaches its natural conclusion in the most unnatural of manners as per. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Joe. And thank you to Mr. Phil Parkinson, too. Well wrestled. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter. And make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. <laughs>